Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Dark Matters with Dr. Shamina. I, of course, am Dr. Shamina. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist practicing in the Mid-City area of Los Angeles, California. This will be the first of many podcasts where I will discuss all things related to the psychological, spiritual, and emotional wellness of Black people. You know, the outgrowth of starting this podcast comes from being a Black woman who has had her moments in life, (laughs) you know, worked hard, becoming educated, but not having much guidance on how to live life fully, emotionally, psychologically, and physically. And I come from a simple blue-collar working family with a certain level of dysfunction and addiction. You know, it's been a mixed bag. I recognized early on how the deep roots of generational trauma Shame, dysfunctional behavior patterns and beliefs got passed down to me, like just like the family jewels. These feelings are like deep roots of a tree. It actually served to influence the discrete decisions that I made on a daily basis in love, life and relationships. Because of how influential family dynamics can be, I had to give myself permission to question, demand, and even to resist certain beliefs I learned from family and society at large on what it means to be a Black woman in America. You know, right now we have so much racial strife happening in the world. The inequalities are right in our face with police brutality, mass incarceration of Black men, colorism in the law, and many other things. And underneath the surface, on a relational and an individual level, There's issues of mental health, family dysfunction, relationship issues. So there is a macro and the micro. How does discord on a macro level affect Black people on a micro level? You know, my hopes are that this podcast and many others will bring some insight into your life and be transformative. You know, today I'm just going to focus on how Discord on a macro level with racism affects us on a micro level and also how to maintain our mental health. So let's get into it. For many black people, the death of George Floyd and the protests happening all around the world just added to generations of trauma that black people already lived with. You know, I felt a level of sadness, rage, fear, and so many other different emotions on a daily basis. You know, it was like watching a projector, like slides in my brain from memories of my past coming back to haunt me. You know, it's been a horrible, you know, to witness this. I know many of you have been feeling stressed already, anxious and uncertain with COVID-19 that hit, you know, several months ago. You know, but the pandemic was also compounded by the political and civil unrest. You know, you saw the racial inequalities in your face. So how does this become a pressurized situation that became ignited to this level? You know, when you take a group of people that have been oppressed for generations at the levels of interpersonal, institutional, and cultural, many emotions of anger, rage, and sadness become exacerbated. These emotions come from generations of humiliation and degradation. You know, the feelings that it brings up in all of us are justified. You know, but for many Black people, you know, you find it difficult to manage these emotions. You know, the emotions either come up explosive like rage, you know, protests, you know, fires, you know, or, you know, it gets internalized like depression. 
When we don't have a way to discharge these painful emotions, they get repressed, pushed down. It's like, imagine if you were on a daily diet eating McDonald's. (laughs) Your stomach would hurt, right? (laughs) After months or years of doing so, it's almost like you have to find a way to discharge and digest it. You know, in this instance, the emotions and feelings are important, but it only matters what we choose to do with it. Many of the conditions that plague disproportionate numbers of African-Americans today are directly tied to depression and rage and ultimately to the legacy of slavery and racism on a macro level. You have high blood pressure, heart disease, mental stress, alcoholism, hopelessness, anxiety, anger, depression. These are just some of the indirect ways in which anger is internalized in the midst of oppressive conditions. You know, when I look at my family, whom, you know, I really adore, you know, they have all of the above. (laughs) You know, these maladies have a way of shaping how we also relate to one another. You know, how does it affect you when you have a mother who has been depressed? How does that shape how you express your emotions? Do you eat your feelings? Do you shut down? The ways that we've learned to cope with these repetitive traumas become destructive to our own well-being. On the one hand, engaging in social and political activism is critical because they facilitate the reclaiming of our own voice. But if on the way back home, if we're from the march, I load up on food or I drink my feelings away or I go down this path of unhealth, of diabetes, high blood pressure, et cetera, et cetera, I'm only learning to work against myself. You know, it's important to take care of ourselves during this time. You know, mental health needs physical health. You know, when I'm feeling sad and angry and I'm in a state of grief right now with what's happening in the world, you know, I'll go take a walk. I'll cook a good meal or I'll listen to some good music just so I have a moment of restoration, a reprieve from all the sadness and all of the hurt that we see out in the world and the pain. If I'm going to wade through all these intense emotions, I have to take a step back and understand on a deep level what I can do with these emotions. You know, if you can identify the emotions of what you feel, then it leaves you more equipped to come up with a solution. Not a solution on a macro level, but just internally. It may even make you feel safer so that you can adapt and adjust to the situation at hand. You know, it's not self-indulgent to take care of yourself. It's actually self-preservation. You know, I want to touch on just briefly on how the legacy of slavery and racism continues to shape the experiences of Black people and our relationships with one another. If we are to move forward to a more promising future, this aspect of our health and mental well-being must be discussed. I hope we are at the place where we can admit that Black lives have been scarred over generations. But can we challenge the ways in which racism on each level has defined us and reclaim that? I hope you find this helpful. And if you think others will be interested, please share it. I would love for people to, you know, listen to my podcast. So until next time, this is Dr. Shamina. Be well.